Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be asking, how are speculative Freemasons different from operative Masons? Brother Earnshaw, I know this is a topic that you spent a large amount of time researching, so I'd like to thank you for sharing your research and making it so easily available in the format of a podcast. May I just say that we are truly in the golden era of Masonic education, as you can now freely benefit from decades of research and do so whilst on your way to work. Thank you for that. That being said, over to you, Brother Earnshaw. Thank you. Um, yes, this is an area that I research. So one of the questions, and I think this is really basic, is why did three gentlemen join an operative Mason's Lodge? Uh, operative Mason's didn't have secrets as, that I can find. You know, the, uh, most of them couldn't write, and that's why they use uh, marks to identify the stones they'd worked on, uh, which later became the Mark Master degree. I, I believe uh, the reason for this, uh, for, for gentlemen getting involved in operative masonry, was from that from the beginning in 1717. Uh, when they set up the Premier, Premier Grand Lodge, they had a secret ritual that they wanted to develop and expand on. Um, in the early days, uh, there were no lodge buildings. Uh, there wasn't even a Grand Lodge building. So they all met at pubs and taverns throughout London. And in the early days, the Premier Grand Lodge met at the Devil Tavern. And as we mentioned previously, the membership of the Premier Grand Lodge was very different from operative lodges, which had been set up uh, next to where the masons, the stonemasons were working. The speculative lodge uh, was in Westminster and the membership was quite elite. Uh, so you, the question begs, why did dukes, princes, uh, and lords and members of parliament meet in a room above a pub. Uh, what were they discussing? Well, I think that the first three grand masters had discovered a magical Taoist ritual and they wanted to incorporate it into the operative ritual. Now, I understand the hypothesis that a Taoist ritual is incorporated in Freemasonry might be a bit of a jump for some people. So I I'd say please yeah. refer to Brother Angel's books as there's some points in there that really make you look at the ritual in another light. Please excuse the pun. <laughs> uh, think of that what you will, but I think the case is rather compelling. So please look at on Amazon for the Spiritual Freemasonry series. Thank you. So I think we need to start by um, defining what we mean by speculative Freemasons. So operative Masons built with the hands whereas speculative Freemasons build with their hearts and minds. And this is a major distinction between operative and speculative Mason. And secondly, I believe the term speculative Freemasonry was coined based on the work of Roger Bacon. Uh, he identified, he was an alchemist, and he identified two types of alchemy, practical and speculative. And he thought of alchemy as a type of medicine uh, that enabled people to prolong their life. And at the time in England, uh, the uh, idea of immortality and living for a long time was very popular. Um, when the Premier Grand Lodge was set up in 1717, 
operative lodges uh, had the option of joining the new Grand Lodge or staying independent. And many of the lodges uh, had membership made up of working men, uh, particularly Scots and Irish. And these Scots and Irish identified with the Jacobean cause, which was to bring um, the old pretender, uh, who would be then King James III and uh, VIII, to put him on the throne. It was a kind of, uh, uh, how should I say, it was a, a uh, nowadays you call it terrorism, I suppose. Um, but this is, uh, at the time, it was a major issue in England. Uh, however, the Premier Grand Lodge were mainly Hanoverians supporting King George I and II. And they had, an, as I said, an elite membership. Uh, it actually says in the constitutions of 1723 that members needed to be educated men of good morals. So uh, operative lodges that didn't join the Premier Grand Lodge were called St. John's Lodges. And then some uh, 40 years later in 1751, they joined the Grand Lodge of the Ancients, uh, this ended in 1813, when both the ancients and the moderns joined to make what we now call the United Grand Lodge of, of Freemasons. And that's why it's called United, because they're uniting the, mm. the Premier Grand Lodge and the ancients together as one lodge. Well, I suppose this uh, raises the million dollar question. What was the ritual about? Any ideas? Yeah, so I believe the speculative lodges were teaching an alchemical ritual uh, which based on European alchemy and Chinese alchemy. And it has to be remembered that at this time in the history of, of England, particularly London, Chinese things such as uh, food, Chinese food, uh, architecture, landscaping, silk, many other products, even uh, also Confucianism. Uh, many books were published at that time. These were very popular in England at the time. So I think the lesson that speculative Masons were teaching was what I call spiritual Freemasonry or spiritual alchemy, uh, whereby the soul is able to experience immortality, but without experiencing death. So the theme of immortality is important, as you, anybody who has uh, taken the third degree will notice how many times it is mentioned. And the second reason, the reason for this is because at the time in society, it was also being debated on. And also in, in Parliament, they were debating on uh, the topic of immortality. And this is the basis of modern Freemasonry. And fortunately, I think, uh, brethren have difficulty seeing this um, underlying theme. So speculative masons had created something very new, and we can see this by comparing the operative, uh, the exposés of operative masonry uh, from before the start of the Premier Grand Lodge and comparing it to the rituals that the Grand Lodge was using, started to use. Uh, Many operative masons complained about these new rituals, and it was just another barrier that stopped them from joining the new Grand Lodge. Well, thank you very much for that, Brother Earnshaw. That brings this episode to a close. Stunning information once again. 
<laughs> and if you have any questions, please email on the link below. We now part on the square and we will meet soon. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.